appreciate your all's patience with, with me sharing with you earlier in the service before I was really scheduled to do so. So I'll try to be diligent to give you back a little bit of your time here now that I'm into the sermon portion. But, but I just could not help myself when I saw this stage full of these graduates uh, to not call us to pray for them and to pray for one another and the opportunity before us. Because really, as we're studying the book of Joshua, and I invite you to take the Bible and find Joshua chapter 1, what we see towards the middle portion, really the second paragraph of Joshua 1, is the Lord gives, I think, a word to Joshua that certainly applies to this generation of now young adults that we're celebrating their graduation, but really to all of us on how we're to live our lives. Today, I want to talk to you about how to be careful to be successful. And to each of the graduates, the gift that I've chosen to give them is this little devotional book called The Joshua Code. I don't know if you have this or not. Um, When I uh, took on the role of executive director of our State Baptist Convention, the man who heads up our uh, financial uh, agency, the, the, the agency that takes care of many of our ministers' retirement plans and all of that, uh, called me on the phone and then he sent me this book. And, uh, and our family has just begun to go through this. And usually on a Saturday evening, we'll uh, call, it, call it family night. And uh, my family will be here, for, for, be here in time for the second service today. And they're going to stay with me for the graduate luncheon. Um, our family will gather together. And what we're doing right now is we're taking this a chapter at a time. And, and there's 52 Bible verses in this book called the Joshua Code. And the idea is, is we're working to memorize these 52 Bible verses. So in a year, if you do one a week, in a year, you will have certainly uh, meditated upon and maybe memorized 52 Bible verses. I don't know about you, but, but that's a pretty good start. And it's called the Joshua Code because really what we find today in the book of Joshua the least read book, all right? And so on the heels of that, when you look at this scripture over and over again, Joshua is told by God to be careful. Now I want to ask you a question. How many of you have ever tried to teach a teenager how to drive a car? Just raise your hands if you would. Oh, keep up for just a second. I'm I'm serious. I'm serving because I'm getting ready to enter into this, okay? I want to know who to talk to. Now keep them up. How many of you enjoyed it? All right, some hands are going down. Thank you. You can put your hands down. I, you know, and, 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 and we're moved in, we've moved into that phase. My oldest child has her learner's permit now, and I'm going to confess to you. I've, I've taken her driving briefly in a, a church parking lot. Um, I have not, now that I think about it, I have not yet taken her out on a real highway. Now, my wife has. 
I'm, I'm somewhat in rebellion right now, okay? I'm just struggling with the fact that, 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 that my uh, little girl, who was the first little baby that a doctor put into my hands, is now, now has, a, now has a, an actual document from the Commonwealth of Virginia that says she can, she can drive an automobile as long as she has a licensed driver with her. And now I did take her to the DMV in person, because you have to go in person for her to get her, her, her learner's permit. And by the way, that's uh, probably an illustration for a whole other sermon right there, what that experience was like. But anyhow, she did great. She passed with flying colors. But I find myself doing this. When she gets ready to go out, these are the two words that I find myself repeating. You know what they are? Be careful. Be careful. Now, there's some other things I add in like now, you know, in different directions. But the bottom line is this, is I'll say to her, be careful. And the reality is that's the same, that's, those are the same words my parents have you know, said to me, my parents still tell me that because I travel a good bit and I'm on the highway a good bit uh, in different places, as you know, because of, of my role in ministry now. And he, he, my father, my mother, well, be careful when you're out there. Be careful when you're traveling out there. And that's exactly what God tells Joshua. He says, listen, as you're traveling along here, as you're moving along, as you're leading, as you're embarking on this journey, you got to be careful. Be careful about what? Well, I want you to look with me at God's word. Verse 7 of Joshua 1 says, only be strong and very courageous, being what? Careful. You see that there? Being careful to do according to all the law that, my, that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Look at what he says. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be what? Careful. So you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. I mean, what what loving father out there does not want does not want his child to be successful? Well, God, as our father here, tells us through the pages of Joshua, as he's giving him his commission and his marching orders, he says, be careful. Now, we've already looked at this chapter some, and he's told him things like, now, you're going to have to be strong. You're going to need to be courageous. Don't be afraid, don't get discouraged. And those are all very appropriate words. But then he takes several sentences in repetition for emphasis to say, now listen, Joshua, you must be careful. In order to be successful, you must be careful. You must be careful to pay attention to the law that I've given Moses, to the very word of God. So today... I want to remind us that we're to be careful. We're to be extremely careful as we're cruising through this life to make sure that we are indeed observing the Word of God. Now listen, sometimes we can say we're doing that. Sometimes we say, well, I've I've checked the mirror, so to speak. I've looked both ways. Sometimes as we're driving through this life, we're going to come across people who don't stay in their lanes. We're going to come across people who are reckless drivers, if you will. And there can be moments when we get distracted and we can be distracted drivers. Bottom line is this, we must be careful 
to live and go through our lives according to God's word. All right? So understand this. Why, why do that? Let me, just, let me just tell you this off right here right quick. The Bible's timeless. There's no statute of limitations. The Bible is timeless. Psalm 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. The Bible's timeless. That's why I ought to be paying attention to it. The Bible's truthful. Psalm 119.142. Your righteousness is everlasting. Righteousness in your law is truth. The Bible's timeless. It applies to this generation just as it did generations ago. It is truthful. It is to be treasured. Psalm 119.72, the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. Do you see the Bible the way the Bible sees itself? That's Psalm 119. The Bible is timeless. It's truthful. It's to be treasured. That is what God is saying to Joshua. That's what he's saying to us. We must be careful to live our lives according to the scripture. So I want to pray right now that God will help us to take note of these applications. Lord, I pray right now that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart will be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord. I pray now for these loved ones, God, that you will give us the application we need to know how to be careful in order to be successful as we live according to your word. I ask this prayer, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So here they are, number one. Joshua was to know God's word. So here it is. Be careful to know God's word. It's assumed here that to accomplish what God tells Joshua, he's going to have to know God's word. Now, he doesn't use the literal word know here. I don't find that in my Bible. But listen to what the Bible says. Only, verse 7, be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that, my, that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. Listen, there's only one way for that to happen. There's only one way for me to be careful to do God's word. It has to start with something I have to know. It's like with my daughter. My daughter, before she was able to get her learner's permit to drive, she had to get to know the rules of the road. She needed to know what was right and what was wrong. She has, she's had to learn some things. She has to get to know the automobile. The bottom line is this. We must know God's word if we're ever going to have any dream of ever living according to God's word. We have to know it. And, and let me tell you some things about the word of God that you need to know. The word of God is a sword. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that it's double-edged. It is a mirror. James 1, 23 and 24 tells us that we're to look into God's word. God's word shows us what is in our lives. It's something we need to take a hard look at. The Bible also tells us that it's like a hammer. Jeremiah 23.29, it breaks us, it convicts us. That's what you need to know about God's word. It's water. Ephesians 5, 26. The word of God is to sanctify and to cleanse us. The word of God is likened to a seed. 1 Peter 1, 23. Like a seed that produces fruit. Understand, knowing God's word, the intention is that it would produce fruit in my life. 
fruit in your life. The Bible says it's like silver, Psalm 12, 6, to be desired and valuable. Do you value God's word? Do you desire to know God's word? It says in Jeremiah that God's word is like a fire in chapter 20, verse 9 of Jeremiah, that it's purifying. And then you've maybe heard of this verse in Psalm 119, 105, that the word of God is like a lamp. It shows me where I am. It shows me and helps guide me into where I need to go. Now, I find it very interesting that the book of Joshua is in many ways a transitional book. Because what you have in the book of Joshua is you have the preceding books of the Bible that are penned by Moses. We credit him, conservative scholars, we credit Moses with being the author. So Joshua, quite, quite literally, would be really the first generation to have a collection of God's Word to actually pick up and read. Now, of course, he did not have the luxury of, of the portability of the Bible that you and I now enjoy. We have this nice handy version of all the Bible right here that a publisher has put together for us. I mean, the reality is even now within our generation, you have the opportunity to... I don't know how that's playing up there. Somebody hit that back. We're going to come to that. They're moving me along. Um, I just noticed that. We have the reality of God's Word being in... in... Something as handy as a cell phone. But sometimes we struggle to really know God's word. That's where this Andy Griffith clip's gonna come in, all right? And I think if you can go back, is there someone up there? In the booth? I can't tell. Okay, they're, they're working on it up there. Are you guys ready to try to play that? Okay, we gotta get some ball. Oh, come on. To this day. It's amazing how that stuff stays with you. Once you learn something, it never leaves you. It stays locked up tight right in the old loop. <laughs> Does, huh? Sure. Here, let me show you. <clears throat> Constitution of the United States. Now, we had to memorize the preamble of that. Mm. And I still remember. You do? Yeah. Here, I'll show you. Hold the book on me. Okay. <clears throat> All right, go ahead. Constitution of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the first word and then I'll do the rest. Okay, we. We. We? We. Are you sure? I'm looking right at it. Oh, we. We! <laughs> the. We. We the. We the. We the people of the United <laughs> Flag Free mm. Win mm. Wait mm. Far States oh, We the people of the good. United States You go ahead stop it. If I show you if I show you much more, you're just gonna forget all the rest of the sermon anyway. You're just gonna I'm already risking it, I know. I couldn't help but think about that clip from the Andy Griffith show this week when I was studying this because so often that's how we approach even God's word. We think we know it. We're kind of like Americans who, who, who live 
you know, with the good fortune of, have, of, of being in a land where, where we're governed by the Constitution, generally speaking, but so often we take it for granted, don't we? And that's how we can approach God's Word. We can think we know it, but we really don't. So let me give you a second application. Here's, here's what Josh was told to do. We need to talk about God's Word. He's told to not let it depart from his mouth. You need to talk about it with your family. Talk about the Bible with the church. Talk about the Bible with other people. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, we're told that as we're walking along, even with our children, as you're walking along with grandchildren, you are to be talking with them about God's Word. It's one of the reasons that we're so fortunate to have Sunday school groups and Bible study groups and life groups and men's groups and women's Bible studies so we can study God's Word. But listen, you can do that with your family. You can do that with your children. You can do it with your spouse. You can do it with your grandchildren. Why, why should we talk about God's Word with each other? Well, let me give you a reason. One is so we will love God. The more we talk about God's word, the deeper our love for him will grow. And secondly, so we will have a biblical world view. 2 Timothy 3.17 says, Through the word we are put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. Job said, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. So we need to know God's word. We need to talk about God's word. But it gets deeper. We're told then in the Bible... That we, in verse 8, are to meditate on it day and night. So number three, be careful to meditate on God's word. Now, when we think about meditation, you may think about Eastern religious practices. That's not what the Bible's talking about here. When we talk about meditate, the word literally means to mutter it. To talk about it over and over again, almost to yourself. It means to mutter. It means to read in a low voice. It means to study, pour over, and keep in mind. Listen, meditating on God's Word is a step beyond just mere knowledge of God's Word or just talking about it. It's deeper than that. It has application as its goal. So how do I do that? I need to receive it with an open attitude. I need to read it, okay? I I may need to research it some. That's why you may want to get a good study Bible or uh, take advantage of some online resources like the Blue Letter Bible. You need to remember it. You may want to get you a notebook or a journal or journal on a computer and write down the verses. You can use index cards for that. Write a Bible verse on an index card. Carry it with you. Uh, put it on your mirror when you're shaving or brushing your teeth. Putting it, put it in the kitchen somewhere at the kitchen sink. Because ultimately, after we receive it, read it, research it, to remember it, we're going to need to reflect upon it. That's meditating on God's Word. John Bunyan. John Bunyan, a Christian hero from generations gone by, wrote this. He said, he wrote this in the front of his Bible. You might want to write this down. He wrote, this book will keep you from sin, or sin will will keep you from this book. I'm going to say that again in case you want to write in front of your Bible right now. John Bunyan said this back in colonial days. This book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. So we need to know God's word. We need to talk about it. We need to meditate on it. And then finally what that leads to is being careful to obey God's word in its entirety. Now, that's what he points out here. He says, he says, being careful in verse 8, to do according, and then he says two words, to all. To do according to all. Not just what I like, 
Not just what kind of fits my political opinion or my view of the world. He says, be careful to do according to all of it. It's obeying God's word in its entirety. So let me give you some questions here to ask as you read the Bible. When you read the Bible, ask yourself, is there a promise here to claim? Is there a promise to claim? Is there a lesson to learn? Is there a lesson to learn? Is there a blessing to enjoy? Let me start over. Is there a promise to claim, a lesson to learn, a blessing to enjoy? Is there a command to obey? Ask yourself that. Is there a command to obey? And then finally, is there a sin to avoid? So, in the context here, Joshua's been told to be strong and courageous. He's been told repeatedly now to be careful to do according to the law that you've been given through Moses. So let me make this personal. Let's make it personal in your notes. What does it take to truly do according to God's word? Here it is, number one. It's going to take some personal courage in this day and age. Personal courage. Your courage in what you do in life ought to be grounded in the fact that God has told us what to do. Joshua was to be courageous because he had God's written commandments. Courage. Number two, personal faith. You see, today, you and I, each and every day, we must choose whether or not we genuinely are going to put our faith in what God has put in writing. It takes courage. It takes faith. But then thirdly, personal action. It takes personal action. Personal action. Did I obey the will of God? Am I empowered by the Spirit of God? Am I serving for the glory of God? You know, it's interesting. On this particular day when I came in here, I noticed something. Someone, I'm sure, knows where it is. But last week, I could not help but notice, and I actually, during one of the services, walked over and looked at it to see what page it was turned to, and that is the very large Bible this church has. You've seen it? A lot of times it sits on a table. It sits right up here in the front, I think. I'm not. Last week, it was over here. I think it was last week, right? And I went to it, and I looked at it to see what page it was turned to, and it's turned to Second Chronicles 7, where it talks about revival, praying for revival. And this is what it made me think of. You know, you know, if we're not careful, the Bible can be a lot like the Constitution. It can be something that we put on a real pretty table in a place that's kind of like a museum. And people every now and then walk by it, observe it like I did last week, but don't do much about it. Don't do much about it. You see, there's something that soldiers understand. When soldiers take their commission... They're reminded of the Constitution. Isn't that right, Brother Al? You're reminded of the Constitution. So today I want to remind us of our commission. Of our commission. Our commission is to be careful to do all that God has told us in his word. So here's, here's, how, here's how Joshua is to understand it's going to work. In the same passage, he's assured of the presence of God and he's assured of the word of God. So today in your response, I want to ask you to respond in this way if you would. If you this day would say, I, I surrender myself to do according to God's word. To not add to it, to not take away from it. To seek to know it. To be willing to talk about it.
Let me ask, you know, you, know, you, you want to know what makes a courageous church a strong church? Is where more conversations are about God and his word than anything else. Anything else. Like, wouldn't it be something today if all the conversation in the hallway had nothing to do about anything else, like what I'm wearing, um, what the flowers look like, what the gifts were, even how beautiful the graduates were, but the first thing out of our mouth in Sunday school or what have you would be, you know what, man? God in his word told Joshua to be careful, to do all according to his word. That, that begins to change us. We become people that understand what we've been commissioned to be about. We, the people, we the people of God, may we be careful to do according to his word. Father, move among us, I pray. Help us this day to renew our commitment to be careful to do according to the word of God. Lord, help us Help us to know your word. May we be inclined to talk about your word. May we meditate on your word. May we obey it in its entirety. Oh, Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Enable us to live according to the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. I'll be down front along with Pastor Andy, and we invite you to respond during the song. I'm forgiven. Because you were forsaken, I'm accepted, you were condemned. Yes, I am alive and well, your spirit is within me, because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it be? That you, my King, would die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true. Now it's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. You are my king Jesus you are my king Jesus you are my king Jesus you are my king amazing love how can it be that you, my King, would die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true. Now it's my joy to honor you. In all I do, I honor you. In all I do, I honor you.